Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of Think Relevance, the podcast. A few announcements before we get to the show. Uh, first of all, ClojureConj registration opens up this week, so you can go over to closure-conj.org to get ticket information. Uh, we're also going to be offering three days of Clojure training before the conference. There'll be one day of Clojure Script training, one day of pedestal training, and one day of Datomic, so that'll be really fun. Uh, you should check that out. Uh, we're also pleased to announce that the Scheme and Functional Programming Conference will be co-located with the Conj this year on Wednesday, November 14th uh, from 9 to 5. So you can watch uh, www.schemeworkshop.org for more information. Uh, another conference I want to talk to you about is uh, Lambda Jam Chicago, run by our good friend Alex Miller. If you've ever been to Closure West or Strange Loop, you know he puts on a great conference. That's going to be running from July 8th to the 10th. 2013. Our own Stuart Sierra will be speaking there about data visibility and abstraction. And uh, I want to mention too that if you jump over to the website at regonline.com slash lambdajam2013, you can use the discount code RELPOD, that's R-E-L-P-O-D, to buy your tickets and get a $50 discount. Uh, if you didn't catch any of those URLs, you can always catch those in the show notes uh, for this episode on the Relevance blog at thinkrelevance.com slash blog. Uh, okay, I think that's it for announcements. So I'm going to go on to the show, which was a super fun one for me because we got to talk to, uh, we being me and Justin Getland, got to talk to uh, Kurt Zimmer of RoomKey, who is one of our customers and, in fact, is my customer, uh, the project that I have been working on for uh, like seven months now. So uh, super fun to talk to him. Uh, Kurt has really great perspective on what it's like to bring closure um, uh, into an organization, even against uh, conservative opposition. So I think you'll find it really interesting. Uh, I certainly did. Uh, so anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. Today is May 24th in 2013. That's a Friday. And this is Think Relevance, the podcast. And today, as our guests, we have uh, Kurt Zimmer of RoomKey, one of our uh, favorite clients. We brought him on the show to talk today. And also, um, uh, along to chat with us as well, is uh, Justin Gatland, uh, Relevance's CEO. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kurt. Oh, cool. cool. So um, this is this is a really fun uh, episode for me because um, although we have had uh, clients on before, this is the first time where we've talked to one um, for a project that I'm working on, which I think is is really neat, and I'm I'm excited for the show. But um, before we get too far, I want to try to remember to ask the question that we almost always remember to ask, um, which is uh, the intro music. And today we're going to throw that to Kurt. Kurt, you sent me a. Uh, name of a song before the show, so people have been hearing that on the way, and maybe you can just share with everyone what they've been listening to. It's called Reboot the Mission from the Wallflowers, and it's a wonderful song for me, and it's also a little bit of the theme of uh, how I got to this place, about kind of rebooting a mission from uh, big company dynamics to a rockin', small, fast, dynamic world of, of startups. So uh, there's no way we're going to let that comment lie without, without visiting it right away because um, uh, that's just super interesting. Um, so let's just start with a, a brief introduction and, and then maybe you can launch into, so in other words, tell us you know, who you are, where you work, and, and then maybe you can tell us a little bit about that journey that the song represents. That'd be, that'd be really cool. So uh, I'm an old guy and I represent a good solid 30 years of, of large scale technology. Uh, companies like DuPont, Putnam Investments, TIA Cref, huge companies, huge budgets, huge numbers of people, uh, big technology, complex technology with 
companies like Oracle and IBM and others. Um, very large scale everything, very complicated, lots of people, lots of dollars. And along the way, uh, I realized that uh, I was an entrepreneur at heart and got a wonderful opportunity to become the CTO of this little startup joint venture called RoomKey in the hospitality industry, founded by a number of very large hotels, which I'm sure the listenership have either stayed in or know quite well. And uh, part of the journey was was having to transition from all this huge technology, all this funding, all this slow-moving, unagile organizational stuff to, an or, to, to a place where things had to happen in real time. And it was a wake-up call, and one I think I was pretty well prepared for. And it was exciting in the, in the sense of kind of rebooting that mission, right, from one of uh, slow, steady, uh, spend a lot of money, take a lot of time, do go build big things, to one of uh, make a decision every day, make it stick, make it happen, make good enough decisions, uh, make decisions that allow the organization to move ahead uh, quickly, uh, become, I hate to overuse words, but uh, become agile, uh, make a difference every day, and potentially even take risks with technology that I wasn't familiar with, but that in fact would give us a very clear and powerful differentiation in how we hit the marketplace. So it's been a heck of a journey so far and one that, uh, you know, you and Relevance and the individuals there and the technologies have been a big part of making making successful. That's cool. Um, so, I mean, obviously you're our sort of people. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about uh, what RoomKey, where you're the CTO, that's right, CTO? Correct. Yeah, so where you're, you're the CTO there. What, is, what does RoomKey do? I mean, obviously I know, but you can tell our listeners. Sure, RoomKey is a, 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 an organization founded by six of the largest hotel companies in the world. And the goal was to create uh, an optimized and more effective distribution channel for them and to be able to compete in the marketplace um, through a different channel uh, in a way that helped uh, help their customers potentially find another way back to them. So in short, the, the world is built around getting hotels, hotel rooms into people's hands. Those hotel rooms are often sold by uh, other folks other than the hotels themselves. And um, every time one of those hotel rooms is sold by someone else, the hotel doesn't make as much money. The dynamics are that simple. And much like the airlines uh, have done over the years, the, it's in the hotel's best interest to claw back some of that profit, some of that, that opportunity, and frankly, to regain the confidence, trust, and, and love of that customer and for them to understand that that booking direct and working direct with the, with the brands is important. So we were put in place to work with these collection of brands and quite a few others now um, to help with that mission. So we have a website that looks a lot like a hotel booking site, but is very tightly linked to the brands themselves. And we believe provides a differentiated experience and one that really fulfills the mission that the brands are looking for of reconnecting those clients to the brands themselves. Yeah, I mean the the site we just mentioned the URL is roomkey.com, and uh, I've been, I've started using it to to book hotels. I mean, obviously, you know, you guys are our client, but I actually like it. I think it's a it is a nice way to look for for rooms absent all the other things you said. I I just think it's a, a pretty nice a pretty nicely done website, so people should check it out. Cool, thank you. Um, so I want to give uh, Justin throw it over to Justin for a minute because uh, obviously uh, you guys had an ex we started working together in the last six months or so. And um, you guys had done a substantial amount of work. I mean, we this is not greenfield development that we walked up together and started from nothing. You guys had a substantial code base that we've been coming in and helping you expand on. And I wonder, um, maybe I could ask Justin um, uh, to talk about kind of how how we, our two companies, met and started working together. Well, I would love to sit here and tell you this fantastic story about how my diligence and hard work and bloodhound nose for a good deal, uh, you know, led us to this path. But um, uh, our listenership should know that uh, we have this great relationship with RoomKey in spite of my best efforts and not because of them, um, uh, because uh, Colin um, Steele, uh, uh, closurist uh, extraordinaire and uh, public figure. Um, had reached out to us on a different conversation, and that conversation had gone dormant. And um, realizing as the closure con was approaching that I had been remiss, I uh, reached back out to him, and uh, um, the conversation was a completely different conversation, uh, one about um, uh, education and training and things. Um, but 
uh, as Closure Conj uh, was coming up in Raleigh, and your whole team, Kurt, was coming down, it seemed, <laughs> um, we decided that we were going to meet up for uh, drinks and just to get to know one another as companies. Um, but that conversation quickly changed to something else, and by the time everybody arrived down at the Conj, um, we had a fantastic dinner out at, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the restaurant now, um, street food place. Fancy street it was good. Place. It was um, good. Buku. I think that's yeah. it. Buku. And uh, I think we had like 17 or 18 people around the table uh, and had just a rocking good evening uh, that ended up going to a few bars afterwards. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a great culmination of what had previously been, um, I wouldn't say dry, but it, but fairly focused business conversation. Uh, but like all things that uh, our listenership will know, um, a lot of times it comes down to personality as well. And uh, that evening was a, a real clear example that our companies thought about things very similarly, uh, uh, treated things fairly similarly, had a lot of the same opinions about technology, but also how to go about applying technology to solve interesting problems. And, and uh, it was just an exciting way to launch a relationship because it meant that um, you know lots of folks got to meet on day negative three uh, and get prepped for doing some cool stuff. So. Uh, yeah, so it was a lot like meeting a new friend, uh, really. <laughs> it didn't sound like the way a business relationship normally starts. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective as a technologist, the, the companies are very compatible. In fact, um, so I mean, one of the things that's, I think, interesting to many of our listeners is uh, you guys had made a technology decision to work to implement your, uh, your back end in Clojure. Um, right, Kurt? I mean, that, that's Correct. been around for a while. Um, so maybe actually that might be a little interesting. I don't know if there's any interesting history there around that decision or anything that, that you had to do to, to justify that or how that, how that decision went down. Well, the, the decision for closure had been made, um, well before I, I, and, and, uh, and we room key arrived on the, on the scene, but there's an important backstory or front story in any event. And, um, it, it goes something like the fact that we had been pursuing, a company called a telecopter, which was uh, a meta search site built by Colin and, and a number of these guys. And we were, we saw in that a technology capability that was extremely well architected, very, very forward thinking, um, very service oriented, uh, you know, from my background, exactly the type of company that I'd like to go after if I was trying to start something uh, with a with that kind of center core, that nugget of capability, and build from there. We'd looked at other companies that were built on, I'll call it more traditional technology stacks, and frankly, they were somewhat of cluster clusters, uh, so to speak. <laughs> um, and what what you saw were, were companies that couldn't move quickly and had a lot of development time and had a lot of things intertwined and bundled together. And in in pursuing the company, uh, while well, architecturally pure and clean, as I got into this with, with the, the, the CTO of the company, Colin, uh, I started to pursue this, uh, you know, to, to get a little more knowledge of this thing called closure, because I was unfamiliar with it. Uh, I was used to the languages that, uh, of the big companies, right? So, and as Colin started to explain it, this, the story became uh, clear virtually instantaneously. Uh, we use, we, he used closure for a couple of really simple reasons, and I'm sure he'd be more eloquent about this, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll net this down. And it, it speaks to the story I had to tell a group of six CIOs of very large companies, which was um, closure is 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 built on a standard framework. It it is not a scary thing. It is it is something we all know and love. In many ways, it just looks a little bit different on the outside. Um, closure is designed to optimize um, and manage state. And in in a world where state's important. Uh, anything a developer can take advantage of, or an organization take, can take advantage of, in a higher level abstraction, is a good thing. And I can assure you, working in monstrosity systems, um, you know, crossing lots of domains with millions of lines of code, uh, it's that's an easy area. State's an easy area to get in trouble, and you can spend an awful lot of time trying to work your way out of it. And so, I got very quickly that the use of this language was a way to gain, uh, was a way to use a language that was in tune with the mission of the company in terms of what we were trying to do and provide a high degree of optimization of velocity um, to what we did. And I didn't have to know all the details. Uh, what I had to know and understand was 
kind of frankly that. And I guess the interesting story and how that matured was um, we had to do we had to do due diligence or I had to perform due diligence on this company Hotelcopter and then had to go in front of the CIOs of six of the largest hotel companies in the world and explain the technology and why we thought this was ready to go. And invariably, uh, the vast majority of these guys said, well, what, what, what the hell is closure? Uh, and and um, we explained it a little bit carefully. I said, yeah, 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 but, but what the hell is closure? And this is kind of scary. And oh my God, what if uh, what if closure doesn't 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 really turn out to be the right thing? And oh my God, we're through out of business, and and we're just kind of shaking our heads and thinking about this. And you know, and ultimately, uh, and I guess the funny punchline to this is we said, well, don't don't worry. If something happens to closure, we'll just rewrite it on Java. Kind of shaking our heads and chuckling a little bit, knowing that uh, I guess I suppose if we had a couple years, we could go ahead and and back do that, but it would make no sense. I think the, the you know the the proofs in the pudding though we're two years into this. Um, Hotelcopter used the lang and used closure for a lot longer, but we're two years, and I'm knocking on every piece of wood I have, and this is not a, a specific point of closure, but I think it's a it, it puts an emphasis on on uh, on our flexibility and ability and and success with this is uh, we we launched we took a site we launched a live site with literally 3 million customers a week. We, we launched and, and altered this thing within six months of buying what was only a, B, a B2B core. Um, we've not had one second of outage in a year and a half. Um, and we have been able to iterate and detangle and, and re-architect elements of this on the fly in two-week sprint cycles um, virtually flawlessly. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm probably unwilling to say that's 100% because of closure, but I'm willing to say that we wouldn't be here today if we weren't using an enabling construct and language um, where the language and the tooling and the capabilities matched virtually directly with the type of, of, of business model that we were trying to implement. So it's been a fantastic story for me. Um, I'll also say this, when I joined... Uh, room key, I remember sitting in front of our board of directors and they asked me, what did I think about open source? And I said, you got to be effing kidding me. I said, I, I wouldn't touch open source with a with a 10-foot pole. And that was my big system background talking. That was my background talking of you know reliability. I want a company standing behind me. Uh, I trust that I spend a million dollars on something that's going to work. And I found within weeks of joining uh, room key and with working with the Hotelicopter folks that all that mysterious, the mysterious nature of open source, the mysterious nature of its capabilities uh, suddenly became a, a, a bright white light that drew me into the notion that while there's always risk in something that is not backed uh, at times by, you know, by large companies, um, it's a minimal risk. And in fact, the benefit gained by, by a company stepping out and taking a risk is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I, I would sit in front of any CIO today and go, they're, you should be thinking about this. <laughs> you shouldn't just be thinking about it. You should be doing it, um, uh, whether that's closure or any number of technologies um, related to the space. Uh, it's just been it's an unbelievable differentiation. And, and it, I wanted to jump in because I, I think that um, there's a there's an interesting preamble to your story, which is uh, how we came to know of Colin in the first place. He had written a blog post uh, and I got it in front of me here and the title of the blog post is against the grain how we built the next generation online travel agency using Amazon closure and a comically small team <laughs> uh, and um, the, he posted that a little over a year ago and um, and that was the first time we had seen um, uh, Colin uh, write so eloquently <laughs> um, about uh, you know the technology choices and the and the and the the things that the company has has Hotelicopter had done and gone through, um, and one of the fascinating things about it is, by the way, that that blog post does not have a TLDR section; it has a "Who gives a shit" section, uh, <laughs> which uh, I think is hysterical. Uh, but it's a great and epic story about the the um, modification of a of a plan to go. They went from PHP to Ruby to Closure, and stopped there. Uh, and it's a really wonderful read if you have the time. Um, so I think I suggest folks go and, and Google for that um, if they want to take a gander. 
maybe we'll put it. I guess we'll put a link to it in the uh, show notes. Absolutely. So. Uh, well, so Kurt, that's awesome. I mean, I gotta say, I I I mentioned this before, but you know, I, I think uh, you know a lot of our listeners are like me, right? They're technologists, and and to hear the perspective um, of okay, so you understand. Actually, I mean, you gave a good case for it. You said it's about state, and I think that's a fair. That's about as fair a, a one-line summary as you could ever give. Um, but uh, that's really cool to hear that because I think that's kind of the the thing that lags right now is an understanding of the business advantages that we have seen um, in this uh, set of technologies. And Clojure is certainly foremost among those for us, at least. Um, so I really appreciate that. And, and I, I will point out, by the way, that uh, you know, Kurt, Kurt's paying us. We didn't pay him for that. He's paying us. So that's. Uh... <laughs> Well, uh, and he said something that I, I I didn't want to interrupt, but but the um, uh, sitting there in a in a boardroom or in a CIO's office and telling them that, yeah, well, if it doesn't work out in Clojure, we can just rewrite it in Java. Um, man, have I heard that a bunch of times, and and, <laughs> and I can I can absolutely also say that Relevance has had to say that same thing at at certain points in its history. Uh, and I think that the the I you know I look at the skies and thank something every time that it doesn't happen and it hasn't happened yet. We've never once had to go back and rewrite it in Java yet. Um, uh, because not because that would be awful. Um, right. It may, it may or may not be awful, uh, but because it would be a waste. Um, uh, there's no point in that. Uh, and, and it seems, um, it seems mistaken on so many levels to, to even put it out there. Yep. So, yeah. I, you know, Justin, I, I would just add to that. If I had to retell that story today, if I had to sit in front, and I, I probably will at some point sit in front of those same folks, I, I wouldn't caveat it that way again. I, I, I would never re-caveat this except in pure jest to say I would rewrite it. I'd stand behind it. I understand it better now. And, you know, at that right. point, it was time to make it stick and, and move on. But now, uh, knowing what I know and, and doing what I've done, um, I, I would stand solidly behind this. I mean, I can understand as a CIO and you've got a, a legacy infrastructure and you've got premise technology and you've got proprietary, you know, even though they're quote unquote open, you have proprietary standards everywhere. I can understand that you can't, in a, in a, on a large scale fashion, in many cases, bring in this type of technology, but it has a place. It has a huge place in even large organizations and for medium to small size companies. Um, where there are greenfield or opportunities to to change the game with new initiatives, um, people ought to think about starting strong and starting in this in this entire space of cloud-based computing of of highly leveraged um, optimized language that languages and tooling that meets the needs of what you're of what you're getting at. Um, I'll shift gears for a second. You're going to ask me about this, but I'm going to just throw it in here anyway. Um, uh, you know, Craig, you asked me. You noted that we might talk a little about about Datomic, and I kind of chuckled and said, "Well, gee, I better go bone up on that real quick." <laughs> um, and I did. Um, and I'm not a slow guy, so I spent a good half hour reading over the documentation, a half hour sitting with our with Colin, who's really our, our chief strategist and, and architect. And I get it. I got it in 30 seconds, and I almost fell out of my chair. And the, and when you come from a world where everything is SQL, or when you come from a world where um, big data is this mystery black hole that you pour things into and then occasionally rip things out of. Um, you, you get this kind of resonant dissonance of, of, of I, I, what does this thing really do? And when I sat down and looked at the architecture of, of Datomic and I looked at the problems that I've had to solve along the way, I realized that, that very quickly that you've got large companies out there in small and medium, whatever size company, that are dealing with the notion of, of data they need to deal with data in a different way, yet they're ill-equipped to do it. You know, how do we look back? How do we deal with the notion of time and data and, 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 you know, and, and the immutability that, that data really should have, yet we have all these structures where we are constantly changing things, bastardizing things, flipping it around, overwriting, losing audit trails, and then you're, you're asked to, to look back yesterday and you go, all right, Jesus, shit, I can't do that. And, and why? Because you've been locked to a, probably an arcane structure that served us well at one point. Um, I, I, I sense that the inability of organizations to um, take the time to understand is a, is a huge issue. Right? And, and um, I, my, one of my challenges is to do my part with my peers, I think, 
to, to help them understand the opportunity they have if they just open their eyes for 10 seconds. They'll, they'll, they literally will fall out of their chairs when they see what can be done when you bring uh, a modern world technology base that's founded on um, you know, uh, scaling, uh, cloud computing, um, you know, all, all the things that we didn't have in my day. You know, you had one machine, you had premise solutions, you had no scale, you had no scalability or scalability took months, not, not seconds. Um, and all this stuff comes together in a really, really, really powerful way. And it's a simple story, right? It's a really simple story you guys have. So, and by, and by the way, Justin, real quick, believe me, I knew about you guys. I've been pushing Colin for a long time. We were doing business with, with you, whether you knew it or not, it was going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> Matter of fact, the team was a little nervous about using outside consultants, and 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 uh, I said, "Well, here's a newsflash: we're doing it, and <laughs> here's a company that that I guarantee you we're going to have an amazing success with. So let's get the hell down there, have dinner, and get this thing moving." He's like, "Really?" I said, "Yes, now go." <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta say, like, I, it, you know, as a longtime uh, salesperson here at Relevance, as amongst my other, my other hats, um, you guys are in the top. Uh, two percent of uh easy closing the deal <laughs> days <laughs> i think uh i believe we we uh we ordered um food and by the time the food had arrived we had we had decided on how it was going to work <laughs> <laughs> give me six now give me eight <laughs> exactly just move it along we'll we'll, we'll we'll call you if we need more um so well and it's it, you know again a uh, note to the uh, listenership the the money flows from kurt to us not the other way around although now i'm considering hiring him as our marketing fi- uh, no guy i think he should be our guest every week at the way he's the way he's so going it's great yeah can you do the three minute product uh, you know uh, intro to each of the podcasts <laughs> <laughs> describe our products and services that'd be awesome um, but that actually is a good segue though because uh the one of the things i want to talk about is um the relationship like the the way that we've worked together. And we've talked a bit about the technology, and obviously um, we have expertise in things like uh, closure and datomic. Um, but, I, but I know that there's other things that we brought and other, and other aspects of the relationship. And, and so, uh, Kurt, I'd love to hear your perspective on kind of how we've worked together. Great. Um, yeah, absolutely. And this is, uh, boy, at the risk of sounding like a paid advertisement. Um, Room key is about culture. Small, small organizations are about culture. You don't achieve uh, velocity, success um, without a, an organization that just is able to read each other's minds and work incredibly collaboratively. And one of the things that we were uh, most concerned about in looking outside with for a third party to work or third parties to work with was how is this going to work? What's the fit going to look like? The average, uh, most consultancies start discussions like this. Um, well, uh, what's your, what are your problems? And let us go look at our, at our big practices. Tell us what projects you want to give us. Um, we're going to charge you a whole bunch of money and you're not going to get to really participate in them and we'll hand them over to you when you're done. Uh, and the end. And we, our, our typical startup line is we want to work collaboratively with an organization. We want to work uh, in a mode that allows us to learn from you, um, not hand things over. And when we sat down with you and your team, I mean, I think we knew before dinner, but let's just assume dinner was the, was the point where this melded perfectly. But we realized on the spot that we had individuals that would be able to work together. Um, and it goes beyond that. And the model we use is uh, you guys are reasonably local, but your folks do live all over the place. Um, your folks show up on our site occasionally uh, when they're needed or when it makes sense to work collaboratively, and they work remotely when needed. Um, they work within our sprints. Sometimes you're leading them, sometimes you're not. Um, but you're always working within a construct. You may be doing things separately, but it's always, always within the larger scope and scale of our sprint sprints and 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 work payloads. And um, I keep a very, 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 very close ear to the ground on how people on our team react to folks that work with our organization, both in terms of are we learning from them. Are they delivering what they said they were going to do? And do they fit within the culture of our organization? And um, without exception, and I, I typically can complain. I, I can always find something to complain about. Uh, but I can't. I can't here. I, I honestly can't. Um, you guys even aren't that expensive. I, I just, <laughs> sorry. I just, you know, I, I'm going to tell you in terms of partnerships, it's, it's been a perfect meld of 
of front end, back end, closure, architecture, able to get uh, secondary resources in place that bring additional value through Rich and others. And um, this has been a match made in heaven for us and one that we, I see a long, 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 uh, you know, uh, future history on. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, I, and I and I say that because um, I, I have to make I have to mention the um, the technical team that you have. I know one of the reasons that we got brought in was closure expertise, and you you know someone made the comment early on, oh, you guys are closure core, and that's true. We do have you know people like Stuart Sierra who's worked with you who are clearly you know at the very top tier of expertise in in that technology and and for others as well. Um, but we came in, and and you know one of my initial reactions was. To, to say to your team, guys, um, I know that you brought us in for expertise, and I do feel that we have things to offer, you know, substantial things to offer. But I want to make sure you understand that, you know, when I look at your code, it is good, <laughs> right? Like you have a team that wrote stuff. I mean, I think the exact comment I made, I don't know whether this will mean anything to you guys, is, is you're using bound defend star correctly. You clearly don't need our intro to closure course. So, <laughs> you know, you guys are, are definitely um, among the more sophisticated um, uh, uh, technologists out there. So that's been that's been really fun for for me. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was I think um, something that was really cool for me to watch was that we were able to come in and you guys are really agile. Not uh, what's the term uh, scrum butt. Right. Well, we do <laughs> we do Scrum, but you know we don't have standups or whatever. You guys really are developing agilely. You know, you have sprints. They mean they really mean something. You can pivot, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we brought in um, one of our coaches, Mark Phillips, who's been on the podcast before, and uh, it was really cool to me to see that not only were we contributing technically, but we were able to offer suggestions and help implement improvements on the process front. So I, I thought that was really neat as well. And and. Yeah. It's been exciting to me to watch um, the flex of sort of the um, the daily need or the sprint uh, boundary need and to find um, that there are, you know, because a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do an engagement and there will be a set role defined that we have to play. And, and it's fairly rigid, which is fine because, you know, a lot of times a company will need, look, I need your expertise to implement this, uh, you know, uh, enclosure and, and get to the end. But you guys um, have been really open with us uh, and exposed us to more than just what the project needs. You, you guys have been really um, collaborative with us and bringing us in and showing us what are your goals and what are the drivers and what constraints are you actually operating under and what opportunities do you really have? Uh, and with that kind of openness, our team has felt very empowered to say, well, gosh, we could help over there maybe, or, or, um, oh gosh, that's not something we can help with. Don't ask. And, uh, but that conversation seems, um, far more, um, honest and collaborative than a lot of, of these kind of relationships do because we're not under the same umbrella. You know, companies often feel very like they want to control all that kind of information. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't feel like at all the case here. It's it's a trite thing for me to say, but you guys have been the truest partners that I've I've worked with in a long time. It's you're right. You, you'll step into any role we need. You'll do it well. Um, uh, consultants and organizations that I work with, um, I treasure I treasure the, the the times when an organization comes and says, you know, I know you well enough, and I, I'm going to tell you what you should do, not what. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And I don't think you've ever told us what we wanted to hear. You tell us what we need to hear. And when you're going 100 miles an hour and you can't afford to make mistakes and you, and, and you need every step you take to be one in a forward direction, that's amazingly critical. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. And thanks for being uh, the kind of um, group and the uh, kind of individuals who uh, relish that in the moment too. And I think that's the other thing the team will say is, uh, you know, it's always really easy to high five when things are going great. It's a lot harder to high five when things, you know, run into a challenge. Um, but, uh, I think that philosophy of tackling hard problems and doing it the right way is shared so broadly across the whole team that that's just the way people operate. Um, uh, and that's just, you know, we don't have, we, I, I just can't think of, people who've come in and said, you know, ah, wow, it's, it's really hard to work with those folks. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> right? So, which is awesome. That's cool. Group hug. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I actually I want to dive into one other thing, which is you know, Kurt, you mentioned uh, Datomic, and you're right. I did want to ask you about that. Um, I'd like to go into a little bit um, the specifics of the the system that we built together because I think it's I think it's really interesting, and it gets and it speaks to some of the things you were talking about, where there are there are really advantages there. Um, so, and since I actually had a big hand in uh, in de- developing that, I, I'll I'll just give a brief overview. Um, without getting super specific, uh, basically you guys have you know a website and things happen. These events occur. You know, customers interact with the site in a certain way, and uh, we built a system where we gathered those up. So we're essentially recording a fairly high speed stream of events into Datomic, and then um, because of its architecture, because of the way that it you know treats uh, information as accumulating, and because of the APIs it gives us, we were then able to walk back up to that and um, analyze an entire month's worth of data very quickly to be able to drive the UI um, to present different information to your customers um, in a way that uh, I, I just think is really cool and that typically in a, in a more traditional sense would have been, well, we have this daily export from the database that goes back to the data warehouse and gets crunched and turns around and we get it a day later and, and we actually um, are able with this system to answer those questions at a much faster, it's actually, uh, it's not real time in the in the hardcore sense of that term, but but we can turn around and answer those sorts of questions very very quickly, and and I just think that that is something that is um, enabled by the particular way that Datomic is implemented. I thought that, that I thought was really neat, and we're, we're going to leverage. We're actually in the process of working together now to to make even more use of that capability. So that's just been super cool to me. Yeah, and and uh, excuse me to throw in on that, the the huge differentiator that that I think I've I've seen in this is we are an event based environment. We're not we're not transactional. Um, we're not rigid data oriented. We have um, an event based funnel um, interaction funnel that that deals with uh, millions and millions of people a week coming at us from multiple directions, they take multiple paths through the site, and this goes well beyond you know, the typical web analytics tracking. These, these events need to be captured in a, in a way that we can play them back, and, and the urgency messaging, messaging project you're referring to is the tip of the iceberg. That, that event system um, will help us drive uh, any number of, of additional downstream capabilities that we have, and, and frankly, I, you know, while I can see us spinning off that data to a more traditional structure for, um, for just you know, static analytics, uh, our ability to tie those metrics, that they, the, the analysis and the event-based data back into our real-time environment um, is critical because our system is about interacting with the person at a point in time that they choose. Um, and they want all the information that's relevant at that point of contact, whether or not we're pseudo-marketing to them through urgency messaging or potentially starting to drive offers, which we do through other technology, but I'm sure this is going to play a role in the data collection and abstraction to that tool. Um, it's, it's important that when someone starts a dialogue with us about booking a room or taking a vacation, uh, it's a very personal, in a way, it's a very personal dialogue, even though it manifests as trying to book a specific thing. But but it's important that we're able to, in that moment or in those moments, provide relevancy and Oops, not sorry about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean to seriously provide relevant and accurate information at that point of contact, and uh, I don't believe we could have done it had we taken a more traditional approach. We may have mucked our way through it. We may have brought a teradata system in or something. All kidding aside, but we we deal with enough data that um, I don't know how you would do this in a traditional system effectively. And and you know you look at things like datomics, you look at things like this disclosure environment period. And th- these, these technologies together create um, an environment that let us move l- and do things that our competition can't. They can do things because they have rooms full of people. They have hundreds and hundreds of developers who do nothing but wind up and unwind code and move in a direction. Uh, but they're forced with the need to re-architect, to restructure. They can't move at the speed we can. And it's not just because we're small and flexible. It's because we, our tooling supports the model. And um, the Datomics environment 
while, while early on in its life cycle in our organization, has proven itself extraordinarily well in, that, in this one use case. And Colin and I have already talked about the next use case, which is taking our event, our sales event, our funnel event information and, and removing other pieces of technology and sliding this right in. Um, so, uh, and as we move into our account-based systems, where we're going to be looking at people's interaction from a, a metal loyalty program, it's a perfect, um, it's a perfect technology to slide into there as well. So, uh, you know, more, more, more to come. Cal- Colin <laughs> said something really interesting to me, um, and it, I think it shows kind of the way you guys operate, which is I really like. Um, so, you know, I, I was. I was given the task of helping to design this this system, the one you mentioned, the urgency messaging system, and I said, "Well, you know, here are the bunch of different ways we could do it." And I said, "I think, I think Datomic is a good choice, but I understand that there are lots of reasons that would um, be good reasons not to choose it. You know, just operationally, you know, you talk about like companies that can't make those choices." And and Colin's response is, "No, we should absolutely use it." And I said, oh, "That's that's that's interesting. I'm not used to people making you know bold decisions that quickly." He's like, "Yeah." But you got to understand that the way I look at this is that this thing, um, because of the fact that it is different, um, and because of course Colin's a smart guy and could see that it was not only different but actually had some you know thinking behind it, um, he said that represents to me the opportunity for it to be a secret weapon, which I think is just such a really cool way to look at to look at risk and technology that I just, that was a, that was a moment early on for me where I was like, yeah, we're definitely gonna like working with these guys. Well, as, as an organization, we have to, we have to make those decisions quickly. Colin and I both share a, a very similar way of thinking. We're both, we're both deeply steeped in, in architecture, architectural thinking and, and complex thinking. So we both view the world through lots and lots of patterns. We, and we both view the world through I think the ability to look at, you know, hundreds, thousands of pieces of information, even if they're not directly connected, and draw conclusions pretty quickly on the validity of something. And um, what I've what I've found here is, um, it's not about getting anything perfect. It's about does this does this hunt? You know, we might say down south, does that dog hunt? And and when things come together in a way that you just sit down and go, this is the problem we have. Um, uh, Datomics, for instance, is is, is um, uh, similar in, I mean, it, it's it's aligned with the closure environment, so it's 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 a, it's a way to provide a developer with uh, an easy way to slide into a to a database construct. Um, I'm not going to spend any time trying to dive into the details, but as I looked at the overall architecture, you know, really the ability to move um, the, the the query and the peer capability out into the language to take advantage of of you know partitionable environments um, that are out there and just add, you know, you look at a cloud environment where you're 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 standing up potentially tens and twenties of instances on the fly, and then you stand those down. Your code's got to be able and got to be able to deal. All elements have to be able to deal with scale. You've got to be able to put pieces where they need to be, and and you you can't be thinking about well, I have ten servers. I'm always going to have ten servers. They're always going to look this way, and I can just tune everything right down. You've got to be able to move in that flexible world. So it. The Datomics decision was was probably a 30-second one. We'd looked at most of the other large-scale uh, big data um, animals, and I, I'm going to contend for a minute. I probably get my ass kicked by a lot of my contemporaries, but you know, big data is a big toy for a lot of people. I don't think I don't think many companies candidly get it. I think they I think they see something. I think they see something they can cram a lot of stuff into and hopefully get some stuff out of. But when you talk about marrying the capability of a you know pseudo transactional capability where you need some acid capabilities, you need something that sniffs a little bit like what you're used to, but yet you you realize that your environment shifted from a pure, very rigid, you know SQL structured data to one that could be event based or could have um, very different characteristics. Uh, I don't know that you have to. You have to move to all ends of the spectrum. I think there are ways today of moving into the middle or along the continuum in a way that um, is is far more effective than saying, "Well, I need a big SQL database, and I need a big, I, I need a, a big, uh, a big data database, and then I'll figure out how to cram it all together." Right? I, I don't know. You have to do that anymore. Yet companies are forced to do that because they've made such large scale either 
um, personal investments or resource and educational investments or, or cost investments in it. So they keep doing the same thing because it's risky for a CIO to make a big change, right? So, or even a small one sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to make it safe for them, right? We have to make it safe. And I, I think you guys have a story. I really do. Well, and I think that's part of why we wanted to have this conversation is to put this story out there for other people to hear. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't, even if it's a, just a developer hearing this, this is a story that he can take to his CIO and say, look, there are people out there building real systems and, and they're doing it and it's working. And so we can take the same risks and reap the same rewards. Yep. Well, and it's nice because, um, you know, we have customers for Datomic that we know more uh, and customers that we don't know at all, right? The people buy licenses for Datomic that we've literally had the one email conversation with and, and that's it. Um, but uh, to you know, before we started to have relationships like the relationship we have with RoomKey, we were the largest in anger users of Datomic on the planet that we had real data on, right? So we, we've used it for lots of things, and, and uh, uh, but it was through the relationships like this where we're seeing, um, you know, other companies and other technology teams, um, you know, bang these ideas up against problems that we couldn't have foreseen, right? And that's always the measure of a great piece of software, right? Somebody uses it to do something you couldn't have imagined before you wrote it. Um, and not saying Datomic is a great piece of software, that's your job. Uh, but the, I'll say it. There you go. <laughs> but, um, but it is a great piece of software, and people are finding more and more interesting ways to use it in scenarios we couldn't have foreseen, and that's been probably the most rewarding part of seeing it uh, get into people's hands like yours and, and and Craig pointed out your team is is really sharp it's really bright um, your team has been dealing in this space for a really long time and so you have an understanding of what the domain requires and what the, the players require uh, that we could never have known and, and we couldn't have architected the system specifically for those problem cases um, and it's great to see that, that the, the way we did architect it is applicable so well and is highlighting new stuff for us to go and tackle again later. Um, and it's just, that's rewarding. Yeah, by the way, I'll mention something that Kurt might not know, which is that uh, I had accepted at Strange Loop, one of my favorite con uh, conferences, a talk about the approach that we took, about the, about the, the, the technique for em employing Datomic that we used at RoomKey. So if people are interested in hearing the, the technical details, I will be presenting that at Strange Loop in September. So pretty cool, I think. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, Kurt, that is, is there anything else we should talk about? Anything you want to? I mean, any 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 cool room key stuff coming up, or other stuff that uh, that you guys want to get out there, tell our listeners about? You know, I'll, I'll get one thing out. We we were going through some, um, and you guys have played a a role in this as well. But but it's but it's kind of sideways to our current conversation. But you know, one of the things that we're we struggle to do and that we want to do in our in our world is not repave the same cow paths as everyone else. So. We were just looking at some data the other day on on uh, on conversion, on booking conversion, which really relates to uh, the notion: if someone comes to the site, we sure like them to book a room. And so, how many people do that when they come? And we've been spending an awful lot of time on a topic called geography, one that I think if most people have gone to uh, booking sites to book a hotel room, they've run into, which is they, you're asked to type in where do you go. Where do you want to go? And back comes this whole list of places you can stay in the city that you want to go to. And not a lot of thoughts ever given to why the heck, how did you define that space? Um, what are these hotels and why are they there? And there's been not much creative use of, of ge geography constructs. So one cool thing we've been doing in the space has been to completely revamp our approach to geography and, and the notion that geography is a key thing that can differentiate how people um, find a site useful. And um, we saw with, with that technology and capability going in a very significant increase in people's um, booking rates. And, and I take, we took that as one of these, one of these points in time, huge uh, uh, thumbs up on, Hey, we took it, we, we did something that no one else is doing and geez, it, it works. It's what people want. And so Expect more of that from us. We we want to move. We want to we want to provide the public, uh, you and me who travel a lot, right? We want to provide us with the tools and the capabilities to make it work. And uh, you know, in closing, I'll say again, thanks to uh, the relevance team for uh, 
helping us bring to life the things that we want to do. And uh, I think we'll be doing a whole lot more in the future. So thanks again, gentlemen. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Kurt, it's been great. And uh, yeah, you, we should we should do more podcasts. This has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, I would love to, Kurt, I would love if you are uh, amenable to it to have you back on in a in a few months time. And we can talk more about some of the interesting things that you guys have added to RoomKey and about the other uh, cool technology that we've employed together. And if, you, if you're up for it, that'd be great to have you back on sometime. Always up for it. Cool. And uh, I, I got I to gotta say, I, I can't. That's such a great place to end, but there's such a great story associated with what you said. The geo stuff led to uh, the geography stuff led to the greatest bug I have ever bug name I have ever seen in my life, and it was uh, uh, there was some work being done before production where <laughs> the the bug that happened was uh, Queens missing from New York. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that title. Well, and somebody just the other day, I somebody posted the screen grab internally. I think it was Chris, uh, where he was drawing a neighborhood, and um, he had accidentally turned Manhattan into the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> the, the outline was perfect. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how I did it, but there you go. Much <laughs> geography. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is Queens have been restored to New York, and all is well on the Roomkey website. So. Uh... <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, I don't, I don't know that there's a better place than that. But so, um, thank, I'll thank uh, Kurt again a ton for coming on, and uh, Justin as well. Um, well, let's see. We had Kurt come in with a song, so maybe we will give Justin the song on the way out. What would you, what would you like us to play, Justin? Uh, um, Havana Burning by Dan Reeder. All right, we got that going on right now. Well, awesome. I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time out. I appreciate your perspective, Kurt. Um, you guys have said this a million times, but you guys really have been great to work with and really looking forward to having you back on sometime. So thank you one more time. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you awesome. too. You too. All right. And we'll thank everybody for listening. This has been Think Relevance, the podcast. If I had a pistol, I could join a revolution just like Trey. Imagine me. Hunker down low in the sugar cane Watching Havana burning Say, listen here, we got no soap and we got no beer, we fight for the truth.